0: Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface-level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian, two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life.
1: So buckle up and don't be shy. Because
0: yep, we're We're going going there. there.
1: Okay, guys, we are back together for another interview this week. And Christian and I kind of said this last week, but these in between interviews we've been doing with some of our friends have been really fun. Today we have our friend Alex with us. Welcome,
0: Alex, to the podcast. Yes, we're so excited to have you.
1: Yeah, Alex is someone who works alongside us. She'll tell us a little bit more about what she does, but it's just really fun that we get to, you know, it's made me think through wow, we have a lot of people around us that we get to come to for resources and just that have a lot of wisdom to offer. And so I'm glad we get to share all of them with you.
0: Yeah. Today we'll be talking to Alex about singleness and just all of the dynamics of relationships and her faith and what she has walked through in that. So I know, I hope that when you hear that, you're not like, well, I'm not single, so I'm going to check out of this episode. Please stay tuned because she has a lot of wisdom. Again, we feel really lucky that we get to have a lot of wise people around us in all different areas. And so she is a friend of ours that we get to work alongside, but just has talked on this in multiple Kind of settings and in relationships, and personally, we've heard her talk about that, and so we're excited to bring some of that to the episode today. So, welcome, thanks, Thanks, Alex, for being
1: here. Okay, well, you just get started. Will you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what you do here at our church, and all the things? Yeah, happy to.
2: Yeah, it's good to be here. It's really fun. Honestly, I don't do these things very often. These podcasts, so this is maybe a new setting for me. But I, as weird as it sounds, I really enjoy talking about singleness, this topic, which again, maybe you want to tune out for a girl who wants to talk about singleness, but it's just been something in my life that has been pretty shaping in honestly really cool ways. So yeah, let me start with just kind of who I am, context for me. I am from St. Louis, but I came to Columbia for school in, gosh, I don't want to say the year, but (laughs) 2009, and then just stayed for the most part, and at this point, I co direct Veritas, which is the college ministry of the crossing. So I've been here for about seven years on staff. I actually became a Christian through Veritas, this college ministry that we have in my freshman year of college. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I knew that either. Yeah. That's so awesome. obviously it's really near and dear to me. I came from a church background. I was, you know, a part of a youth group when I was young, but it didn't really mean anything. And so in terms of my background, I, I dated some in high school. I became a Christian, and then since then, I've I've dated on and off a little bit in college, a little bit post college, but mostly for the duration of my faith, I've been single. So for like twelve ish years now, I have a degree. If it's relevant to this conversation, for um, sure you worked hard to earn it. <laughs> yeah. Recently, yeah, I I really loved it. So I have a degree from Covenant Seminary in St. Louis, and it, a Master's of Arts in Biblical and Theological Studies. So it was a three year degree. It kind of focused on Old Testament, New Testament, but obviously had a great mix of a lot of other ministry topics, whether that's like education, counseling, cultural diversity, those kind of classes were all really great. So yeah, graduated in May with that and now here full time, which is great, love and life. So
1: yeah. Alex is such a great speaker. I feel like I got to hear you speak a few times over the years and for college students, just I think about our college ministry and the amount of people it's impacted and just the fact that they get to hear you and all the other staff members speak. And I'm like, that's like next level kind it of wisdom really, they're really getting cool. to hear. So Dang. yes, I don't it's amazing. often feel that way, but thank you. That's yeah, cool I'm sure it's like feeling like it's constantly an uphill battle with college students these days.
2: I uh, mean, there's so much I love about being in college ministry. Like I I constantly see people growing and changing and like God just transforming college students the way he did with me mm-hmm. you know all those years ago like it's a joy to be a part of that in their lives man there are so many things about this new generation oh that I i feel like I'm <laughs> constantly learning and Ugh. trying to you know relate on because there's man there's so many things that they deal with yeah that I never we never right. had to deal with it's so crazy how wow. just
0: different it is it's yeah. It's such But a every generation world. is different. And this is yeah.
1: like how we know we're old because we're the ones right now sitting and being like the exactly. little kids on, like, they're just so different. And the technology. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean. The yeah. technology. <laughs> well, yes. Right. I'm excited to have this conversation with you because just to be honest, in the last year or so, I feel like my heart has been really, we were kind of talking about this with some friends last night, Christian and I, were just like, I've just been really challenged to look at my view of like the family in the church context and like why that's maybe put on a pedestal and maybe how we haven't been so great. And I say we as like – me personally, me and my husband, and then also like the church as a whole, like how we've kind of maybe not been super loving to singles in our church or to just people who have family makeups that look different, whether that's a single mom trying to raise kids or yeah, whatever it looks like. And so I've been really challenged. And so I think even as Christian said in the beginning, if you want to tune out, like actually as much as this is for the girl who's struggling with singleness, I also really want the married girl with a couple of kids just living her life with all of her married friends to like, Hear this and kind of really hopefully be convicted by some of the ways we're not intentionally bringing you into our lives or all the things we're going to talk about. So I'm excited for this conversation.
0: Yeah. So obviously, Alex, you have explored some of that. Take us through a little bit what you feel like the church has not done well in shepherding or caring for single people. And then what do we do with that?
2: Yeah. Yep. So I'm 31, just to kind of like paint the background of what I've thought through and dealt with and the questions I've had throughout singleness over the last, you know, 10-ish years. I think the twenty, my 20s have been maybe the hardest in that area. But I think this used to be a really personal conversation topic that I just constantly felt. But like you guys, and I would say in the last two years, it has become far more a discussion for me of like what the body of Christ does together mm-hmm. to be the body, honestly, and how that fits with what you were saying. Okay, there's different family makeups. There are different phases of life where singleness hits different. And I think the church has a huge role in that. So, you know, thinking about things that maybe the church hasn't done so well, and we can start with the negative and then, you know, move towards some of the more positive because I think there are things that the church actually has done really well. But when it comes to Maybe things that church is missing or just kind of neglecting or even assuming. I think first I would say maybe this is a Midwest thing. I'm not sure. I'm not. (laughs) I don't really know. But I think there's an assumption that marriage is a given. Yes. You know, like singleness is okay. That's great. No worries there. But marriage is is actually something you should work towards. And it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of when. And I th- I think what that does is subconsciously sets people up to wait and to start asking the questions of, okay, but when? And if it's not happening, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my place in community? What does that mean for how I function as a part of the body? What's, what's my contribution to... Living faithfully, and I think a lot of those things start to stall out when someone feels like they're waiting. like i I have analogies that I use, but my favorite one is like that game of life, that board game. And it really kind of messed with mm-hmm. my idea of what marriage should be because this game, like it kind of is a timeline of, you know, you you graduate college, you grab a job, and then like the game makes you stop before. Mm-hmm you get married and then you can't move on until you get that little piece oh my gosh oh, I don't yeah. think
0: I've ever put that together yeah that,
2: like that is kind of the way I thought for a long time about marriage and so it wasn't happening in my 20s and I just every year I felt like I was falling behind doubts would just kind of fill my mind
1: was it almost like this I feel culture kind of preaches this idea of like your life really begins when you get married percent. yeah mm-hmm. like
2: I mean, there's all these mixed messages in there. So I think you could phrase it in a lot of ways of life begins when you get married or I'm not really a full person until I'm married or, you know, like I've made it Mm -hmm. or even like I've matured once I get married. Like there's just so many ways we could take this conversation right now because Mm -hmm. I I feel like there are a lot of subtle messages that the Mm -hmm. church gives Or even the way we talk to each other, I would talk to married friends and they would talk about marriage as this really edifying, really transformative experience, which it is, right? Mm -hmm. In so many ways, it exposes sin. It makes you bind yourself to another person in like a really deep and beautiful way i felt like it when i didn't have that mm-hmm. it meant that i was a little sister that was yeah. just kind of tagging along well i
0: think that's so good to hear from you because i do think yeah in that you're saying the church has assumed that this is the best and when you're saying that i'm not at the place i should be then you're really just saying i'm like four steps behind and so what is my option to get ahead you know and so i think that is so good and so we can be conscious of how do we assume that in just even how we have conversations or set organizations up in churches, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: And just talking through, you know, as simple as it may sound, just highlighting the people in the Bible who lived very full lives as single people. When you talk about like Hello Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> right? like that's a full life yeah. right there. Yeah. And that didn't include a romantic relationship, Paul. Mm-hmm. Like, he, yeah. you know, I'll I'll probably get there because I think some things that Paul has to say about singleness specifically are revolutionary for our culture right now. And he was a single man. And, like, look at the impact that he had. He wouldn't mm-hmm.
1: have been able to do that. He talks about That's that. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, there's just, I mean, yeah, I really, so I'll probably, like, hold on that. Yeah. Maybe for, you know, a different question or, like, a different point. But I really do believe that the church can highlight and like make known ways that this is a good full life Mm -hmm. that starts right now. Mm -hmm. It doesn't start when you meet someone. It doesn't Mm -hmm. start when you have kids. It doesn't start when you have the house and the dog. Mm -hmm. It's right now. Yeah.
0: And singleness is not a default. Singleness is not, oh, it's the option I have now because I didn't get married. No, it's like an actual place that God has for people and that he works in their lives to be a part of the story that he's doing. And so, yeah, it's not that – it's not less than or worse or, yeah, not full yet. It is all of those things. It's not a holding
2: pattern. You know, I think of just an experience watching friends be married. There are so many life-giving (laughs) awesome parts about it genuinely you know and i i I will say i'll say up front i still desire to get married it's not i'm not in a place right now where i'm hoping or like great Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the idea of being single forever but i've also seen that these are two equally good god glorifying options that he uses and both have ups and downs both Mm -hmm. are going to be lonely at times both are going to be like really rewarding at times Mm. both are going to make you feel like so angry (laughs) and isolated (laughs) and misunderstood and i mean that's so true so Mm. i just i think that there is a message that this is a real marriage is a really awesome thing which it is and i fully believe that i just think that the church we don't do a great job of incorporating a single into like this good life that Mm -hmm. we think we have when we're married.
1: Mm -hmm. Going off of that, maybe we're kind of jumping around, but what are some things that people have done, whether they're in our church or just friends of yours who are married or in different seasons where you have felt really, really loved? Yeah, I for sure wanted to get to talk about
2: this because I think there are
1: ways. So we're talking about kind of the
2: big church at large, and I have you know thoughts on what the church – Could do in all different areas, but when it comes to people and just friends and community, I think one of the best things for me has more recently been being honestly just kind of like folded into a family. You know, I think of like Romans, I think it's Romans 12, four and five, it talks about just like how mutually beneficial people are to each other when we act as the body and how we have different functions. But when we're together, that like supports each other. And if somebody's suffering, that means that like the body itself the suffering, is suffering. Yeah. So the way we love and care for each other really matters. And I think one of the best ways to do that is like, if you are a married couple, if you're a family, just not as a pity party, not as a like, oh, hey, we, we should <laughs> include the Let's adopt this poor person. <laughs> yeah. And I really struggle. Honestly, I really struggle not to feel like the burden, the – the like charity case with this. But for a family who decides, hey, we love this person, let's just start kind of incorporating them into the normal flow of what we do. I think that's the best thing. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's mutually beneficial. So I have a family that has semi-recently, we've just had conversations, and it's it's kind of morphed into something where I feel very much included and just welcomed in a way where I'm not this, like, esteemed guest when I come over. I'm just, like, you know, get what I need, sit down with a kid, help with dinner chaos, do the dishes, do bedtime routine, have a conversation with the adult when, like, we have a, a moment to talk. Like, it's a very normal flow.
0: Mm-hmm. Of, it's like
1: you would be walking into your own family if those were your nieces or nephews. Or, no. And I know, like, I've seen from a distance because I think I work with this person. Yeah. And, like, I've gotten to see just – she would never like be like, "Oh, we're doing this and that." but even just her saying, like, yeah, we've invited Alex over to do this." And I was just like, that just seems so natural and normal. Yeah, and like it's you're just being intentional in including her in your life, like yeah. with your kids on a Wednesday night with dinner, with all snuggling up and watching mm-hmm. a movie mm-hmm. and just like enjoying being together. Right.
0: And I think like you're saying, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Like you're just like, no, I'm there for a normal night. It's not like she didn't prepare anything nice. She didn't, she would even probably welcome you and be like, what can I get you to drink? She's just like, hey, welcome. This is what we're doing. I mean,
2: there was a Saturday the other week where like no one was on the first floor. <laughs> and so, you know, like I, I set stuff down, I grabbed a glass of water, I heard kids in the basement and, like, went to go see what Mm -hmm. was up. And honestly, when a family doesn't treat you with the, like, okay, you're an outsider coming in. We're so glad you're Mm -hmm. here. It actually makes it way more special to just be – I think when I'm brought in in a way that doesn't feel, like, overly special, overly out of the ordinary, it actually makes it more impactful. It makes Mm. it more special to me.
0: It's actually so convicting for me to even hear that because I'm like, gosh, why is this so revolutionary for us as Christians? Like, (laughs) it's almost silly that we have to talk about that. And it's almost silly that we have to remind ourselves that, no, you should just be living life alongside other believers and even non-believers too. But I'm like, Okay, come on Christians. Like what are we doing here? Like that to you, obviously that's been revolutionary and awesome for you to be brought into that family, but I'm like, isn't that the life that we're all called to live? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the life we're all called to live with singles, married, neighbors, people we don't know, people we know well? Like we are supposed to just bring them into the fold. That's amazing.
2: I love that you said that, Christian, because I I do think this is something that like it could sound like I'm saying, okay, married people Families, can you step it up? Mm-hmm. We've read a book recently in staff meeting called, I think, Seven Myths of Singleness by Sam Alberry. Great resource. Honestly, please go mm-hmm. read it if you're married or single. But it has really challenged me as a single person to do some of this work that I have felt for a long time that I shouldn't. You know, it's hard to initiate, it's hard to reach out and be like, can I come over mm-hmm. to your house? <laughs> uh, it really feels needy and like I'm inviting myself, if I'm being honest. But this book has been awesome in saying, okay, it's it's on singles too, Mm -hmm. to put the effort into building strong community, to invest deeply in good friends, other singles, but married families, Mm -hmm. be a part of families. God is calling us to be the body of Christ in a family setting. Like we are his household. We are his members together. Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't mean that singles get to say, oh, I have it harder. So can you come to me? Yeah, that's good.
0: Well, because I think in the reverse, it's actually because if a single does think that in a way, as we're saying that, hey, like the big C church, like as a whole, the church has put marriage on a pedestal and we've put that as the ultimate goal and the goal of success in the Christian life and goal of all those things. If a single feels like, well, it's your responsibility to do that. Well, a single's doing the exact same thing. A single mm-hmm. is putting that marriage on a pedestal. And exactly. they are saying, like, well, I am less and so you are more. So you need to be the one to invite me. And I've heard yes. you say that before in passing or just in it's our so conversations. Humble and of it's you. so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's it good. Not easy to because do. it's uncomfortable. Oh. I can see that. I can I hear that and I just think that's awesome to hear and just see in you. But also you say, like, that's a challenge for me and it's hard. And And so I think both of us can be, you know, our eyes can be opened if you, whatever situation you're in, if you are a married or a single, there's a challenge in both of that. And that's That's where I think
2: being honest and talking things out with married friends, you know, for a long time, it was just, oh, they don't, they're done with hearing about my single woes. Mm. And I kind of became a little bit isolated, just put some walls up over time. And I'm just kind of coming out of that Mm -hmm, and starting to vocalize needs and feeling like I have a better grasp on what. I believe singleness is in my life and the good gifts that come out of that, like I'm really mm. enjoying it's it amazing. in a lot of ways, to be honest. But it is been a recent thing to yeah. say, and it's been this book that gives me a chance to say, oh, I read a book and it told me to do this, rather than I'm just feeling this. Oh, Can you, help? Yeah. You know, yeah. like it kind of yeah, gives good. the...
0: The easy yeah. out gives like, you like a catapult ah, yeah. into that a little this bit. This guy, this guy yeah. is telling me yeah. what to do.
2: So yeah, you want to no, help but that's me with so that? So
0: good. I love to hear that. I can see that kind of as a shift for you a little bit, even just like coming into that piece or just like, yeah, learning new, a new contentment, maybe in mm-hmm. that area or yeah. a new just what you're learning. But to walk us through some of that. So what is God teaching you and in what you're learning and what God's taught you in your singleness? Like how would you encourage if this is a similar, you know, whoever's listening to this, if this is your similar story as well, how would you encourage that person from what you've learned?
2: I would strongly encourage you guys to go read 1 Corinthians 7. I mean, Paul in this chapter, he talks about singleness as a gift. And if I'm being honest, for a long time, this did not feel like a gift. It, It felt like something that was kind of put upon me and I should be excited that I was not potentially not going to share my life with someone else, which again, we get those messages that this is what life is about. And so if I'm not getting that, how is this a gift? And I think, you know, the more that I have lived in singleness, the more I've started to understand later on in this chapter, he gives a case for why this is a good thing. And it's ultimately to be devoted to the Lord and have that time. And thats what, that's been what I've found that I have A ton of time i mean you guys like for good and right reasons your priorities are different and you have a husband to care for and you have kids to like raise and those are like god has ordained that in beautiful ways i don't have that which means i have more flexibility in what my day looks like Mm. and i can use that for selfish reasons just like we can use marriage for selfish gain but i can also use that in ways that are really life-giving and glorifying to god that, like, honestly end up being really rewarding and really fun. And so, I mean, I've, I lived in Japan for a year and I got a master's degree and I spend so much time with my family and friends and college students that I love dearly. And those have all been really, really good experiences that have taught me what Paul is talking about in this chapter
1: in a real way where it doesn't just feel like, you know, like – Versus, that, like he's saying that to make the single person feel yeah, a little like it's bit okay. better. Yeah, this is cool too. Yeah. Is what it felt like, or for almost a long like time. he's just kind of struggling with being single, so he's telling himself right. that to feel <laughs> better about the situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I. I
2: mean, there were so many ways that this just didn't feel real for a long time, and over time, it has lived itself out in my life. Where this chapter is, I mean, I read it and I get pumped to be honest. So I would encourage that, but also like I just, to the single person who is listening, I really want to say I get it because I have been there. You are not alone in this. You are known and seen by other single people who have had these same questions and doubts and have felt lonely. I will probably feel lonely at different times in my life, different seasons, this contentment that I've feel like I may have right now may go away when I'm you know 40 or I start to realize I may never have kids like those questions will come up if I don't get married and that'll be hard so I get that I get what you're going through I understand that this is really like it feels like a burden and it feels isolating but I also just want to encourage people you are not alone if you are a believer if you have a relationship with Jesus, then you are genuinely not alone. Like, you have the love of the Father, you have the presence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit resides in you, and those things can't be taken away. And so, you know, I think about Psalm 139 and just the way God knows us, the way God has crafted us, is with us, sees everything about us, is listening to our cries and knows things before they come out of our mouth you know a verse seven is basically just saying where could I go <laughs> that you are not there and I love that because on lonely evenings or dinners where I'm the extra seat or just the moments that are small but feel like I am alone it's so good to remember it's so good for all single people to remember that you're not it feels different and it's hard to grasp and actually, take hold of sometimes but it's real and god's presence is really life-giving so the last thing i would say and this comes from sam albury so i can't take credit for this but i think it's wonderful he makes the case that in singleness our contentment actually shouldn't be in singleness we shouldn't go to find contentment within singleness we should find contentment in christ and then contentment in singleness or finances or our security or friendships or- Or approval. your marriage that's actually <laughs> marriage. not great. Exactly. Yeah. All of that contentment flows out of our contentment in Christ. And if we're fixing our eyes on him, then the rest of that is going to actually seem like a gift. And it's actually we're actually going to be able to find the joy in really whatever our circumstance is, single or married. And I just love that because I think it it fixes this longing that we have. All the longings in our life, the answer is found in Jesus, and we already have that. We abundantly have the thing that we need. That's really
1: good, Alex. Gosh, yeah.
0: I'm I've like gotten emotional many times yeah. over here as you've been talking because I think for me, I've watched you like walk through this, and it is like so humbling to be your friend and watch mm. you do that. No, we're both gonna cry. Come on. No, man. but just so cool because I even sit here like, yeah, Samantha, you even say like, even if your marriage is bad, well, even if mm. your marriage is good, like even if my marriage is right. awesome how easy it is for me to quickly mm-hmm. slip into finding contentment and finding happiness in yeah. Andrew making me happy and mm-hmm. making me content when ultimately being a Christian, married or single or all of the above, that you your contentment is found as Christ and that have we put this relationship status on such a pedestal that we're setting ourselves up for failure in really ultimately finding our contentment in Christ and seeking and searching after him and being in daily relationship with him It is just so humbling to me for you, like, to hear your perspective of that. Like, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. I've loved that. Yeah, you've said a lot of good stuff.
2: I feel like there was... So much I could have said. I know, yeah. Beyond that, there's a lot that I could have caveated.
1: Maybe we'll have to do a singleness part two. Now, who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we'll just, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Alex, if you are comfortable, we will put some of your contact information in our show notes so people can reach out because if this is similar to your story, maybe not to your story either and you just want to learn more. I know Alex has mentioned that Seven Myths of Singleness book a lot and it's an awesome resource and so we will make sure to put that as well in our show notes just so you guys can have a place to go if you want to learn more or talk more thanks so much for sharing with us thank you guys this has been really
2: fun yay i love time with you guys obviously but i i really value getting the space to share this because i think there are just so many misconceptions and there's a lot of ways that you can really kind of skew your vision Mm -hmm. on singleness understandably but i i've really loved getting Mm -hmm. the chance to just chat with you guys about this and so good as your friends yeah share what my life looks like so we're thankful
1: for you sharing thanks
2: yep
0: hey thanks for going there with us if you loved what you heard don't forget to follow along with us at going there the podcast
1: and it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend talk to you soon